Smith Rowe lost possession five times in 62 minutes. Willian lost possession five times out of his first 10 touches. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's Vieira! Absolutely fantastic! Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal! It is just what Pierre Emerick Aubameyang does. Gabriel Martinelli has equalised for the Gunners! Coffee on. Welcome back to the Different Knock Podcast, episode number 48, with the entertainment industry Emery. And Alexander Moneypenny. How you doing, mate? Oh, I'm good, thanks, mate. That was a fucking good one. How long do, Thank how, you. How long are these taking you? Do you think of them like I straight was, away? I was up late night, you know, writing. That's what I was doing. I have to one. say, I, I, for, our, for our listeners, Alex is looking rather drippy this morning in a brand new oh, piece of it. Arsenal merch. I've, I've, gone and, I've gone full kit wanker and I've got the... Uh, it's like the blue... Uh, for, this is an audio platform, so I'll try and describe it. It's like the blue and... So what is it? What would you say? It's, but it's, it's like, like peach blue, but also there's like bits. It's like a skyey blue. It's like patchy blue yeah. training top with like um, peach. I saw additions. I saw Thomas party in it. And I just thought, oh, it is fit. It is fit. I'll invest. Little tip for everyone: if you're buying it, um, it comes up a bit small. So maybe go for the size up. There you go. Because I ordered a small, and then uh, yeah, I couldn't fit in it. Partly because I've eaten so much over lockdown. But you know, preach. Preach, mate. Mate, I am so unfit. <laughs> I've, mate. I've started trying to do um, press-ups before bed, and this is going to sound like a flex, but I was like, I'll do 50. Like, you know, 50, you know, do it in three goes or whatever. Oh, it should be fine. Yeah. I got to like 10. <laughs> I was done. <laughs> yeah, mate. I need to get back in the gym. I missed the so gym. I need to get back on that. Yeah, fucking gym. Fucking lads. Lads. Um, other than that, how are you? Yeah, yeah, really good. Thanks, mate. It's been a good week. The Arsenal one last night. Yeah. Having a good yeah. time. Mate, what a day. Unbelievable. Ooh. Unbelievable. Um, I, I realised that the last time we played a uh, team starting with L at home in the Premier League on Valentine's Day was, uh, do you remember the one? Yeah. The don't Leeds let, no, uh, Leicester game. No, please. We won. I mean, it didn't, don't, you know, don't, didn't lead to anything, but. Yeah, don't, don't, don't sell, don't. Don't sell try and dreams. sell me down the road. Yeah, sell me yeah. dreams again with that game. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> that was a great... Basically, if you don't know what we're referring to, it was a game we played uh, Leicester in Danny the Danny Welbeck. In 2016, Danny Welbeck scored a last-minute header. The the place erupted. Ozil, Ozil with the assist. Um, Everyone was, thought we were going to win the league. Like, that was yeah, the yeah. moment. And then we fucking crumbled and it's kind of funny like without taking that thing which is fun and then making it serious like it's kind of funny to think that was our last real chance apart from maybe 2012 at winning the league to win the league yeah, yeah. like and it's yeah six years ago 2016 i was what oh i was going i'm i'm being an, i'm being an idiot this morning <laughs> i thought <laughs> You need the Red Bull, mate. I um, fucking do. I need to drink this coffee. It's fact, you only one off of those. Um, yeah, the yeah. Listen, so Arsenal four leads United two at the Emirates. Um, I thought it was a really, a really, really good showing. Like you know, I think the the scoreline flattered Leeds a bit. I think we battered them for sixty five minutes and then brought on Willian and went under the cosh for the last <laughs> twenty five. Like. And we absolutely could have, um, I want to bring that up in a second, actually. And we absolutely could have um, probably gone 
four, five. Well, we did. She did go four. Maybe five or six. Well, we we should have had another penalty. Yeah, Aubameyang hit should, the like post. You, I mean, there's Suck it's it obviously post. it's yeah it's fifty fifty as to whether you convert penalties, but we should have had another one. And and I think there is also the argument of if we don't get that. F- if if that first penalty is given, is Saka driving as hard yeah. to get us that second opportunity? Do, do you know what I mean? I think it's really difficult when talking about moments like that to wonder how a game would have panned out if a crucial decision like that is given the other way. Yeah, I also struggle with those because then you'd be in like an alternative reality. Do you know what I mean? You, as in the game mm. would have literally played out differently. So <laughs> they're like, yeah, oh, they should be three up. And I'm like, well, they wouldn't be technically, but <laughs> don't want to overcomplicate, yeah. don't overcomplicate things. Um, but, um yeah, we could have we could have put six past them. Uh, I, the one thing I have massive respect for in regards to Leeds, because I know we're not going to really talk about them a lot, is the fact that they um, they stick to their guns. And obviously, I think it, we allowed them back into the game with certain decisions. But the fact that they constantly stick to their game plan, I think, is something that really is going to serve them well in the long term. You know, they're a newly promoted side and they're currently 11th in the league. And they're, you know, scoring against big teams not not in obviously if if you want to talk about the fact that we're like in 13th or whatever but they're scoring against Liverpool first game of the season I think it was that they pretty much took Liverpool to the wire yeah. and you're talking about like a newly promoted side like they're doing really well I think Arteta said in his post-match something like if there's one team in the league who won't give up at 4-0 it's Leeds um yeah and do you know what like f- like fully fair play to them I was watching the second half and I was just thinking not most other teams, but like a lot, a lot of other teams at four 0 would just throw on a couple of defenders, sit back, stop the rot, stop the rot. You know, take off. You know, bring on a couple of young, young, young attackers and see if they can get a counter counter attack going. Leeds stick to their principles, and I think you know, stick to your principles. FC it doesn't really matter when you're not, you know, whatever. But ultimately, Leeds are where are they in the league? They're 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 eleventh, eleventh. They're they're they're, they're in the and highest of the the promoted sides, and it you know they're, they're clear they're very a very 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 well coached side. Um, Marcelo Bielsa, um, kneeling down. <laughs> what is what is this thing with like oh, <laughs> going on his heels? I don't know, but the man's got some good knees in him or something because I can barely do that. And I'm 23. <laughs> yeah, mate, mental. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I think you're absolutely right to point that out. Like. Uh, we will get into the game analysis itself in a second, but but for sure, like Leeds are a team to learn from. I think I think I've always said to you, like a club can have absolutely no talent and absolutely no um, investment. The minimum bet thing you can do is try and be the fittest and the hardest working team in the league, and that's what they are. Of course, and the thing kind of around that as well. You're obviously, uh, they, I mean, they have had investment. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. I course. think they've brought in Rafinha and have brought in a few other players. But Rodrigo as well. It's their f- yeah, their first, it's their first stint back in the league in years. And if you're a Leeds fan, right, uh, this was an interesting thing posed on Twitter. And I'm, I'm not sure whether I agree, disagree, whatever. But if you're a Leeds fan, realistically, would you rather finish, say, eighth or ninth playing boring, pragmatic football but winning games or finish 10th, 11th, your first season back in the Premier League, but be playing really exciting football. Sometimes you're going to win 6-0, sometimes you're going to get smashed 4-2. I know personally, if I was in that situation where my club hadn't been in this league for something like 20 years or whatever, yeah, I would want that. 
Yeah. I would want exciting football where we take teams like Liverpool to the wire where, you know, it's it sounds silly to say, but there was a way back into the game last night for them. They took it from 4-0 to 4-2 and it became very hairy. You look back at their results, you know, they had like a 5-0 against West Brom, then like a 6-2 United and a 5-2 against Newcastle. Like, we're playing the lead style. <laughs> like, I know it sounds stupid that we, because we won the game, hmm. but we were, we were absolutely set up to nullify. Well, let's, let's get into the game because, you know, this is kind of game Yeah, chat. let's do it. Let's do it. The, you want to go line up first or you want to go straight into the game? Well, yeah, I, th- I th- well, this kind of, kind of relates. Like, so the, I think we were set up pretty much to deal with Leeds. Like, I think, yeah, um, we obviously had the inclusion of David Luiz from the off. Um, to be honest, I think there's probably a number of reasons for that. We actually disagreed over this um, on um, on socials. Um, David Luiz in for, for holding. I think holdings played a lot of football, so I can understand why David Luiz was in. David Luiz, I think, also offers us that out ball a bit better than holding, um, as well as Gabriel. Sort of the out ball with the right with David and out the out ball with the left with Gabriel. And yeah. I think we thought that Leeds might press us a bit more and David can just pick a ball, you know, a little bit better than holding, so I kind of understand that. Fair enough. I suppose it would be the trade-off between pressuring David Louise, what could happen, and yeah, you know, but exactly. I think it, it's if if it's tactical, then I think it, this was probably tactical rather than fitness decisions. Yep. Because at the end of the day, Bukayo Saka's played a shitload of minutes. Granite Xhaka's played a shitload yeah. of minutes, and in a game like this against difficult opposition that you don't know if they're going to turn up and try and smack you four nil, or put in an absolute disaster class and be smacked 6-0 yeah. it, it's risky to pick a defender that like you said in the last episode is something like in the bottom 16th percentile in interceptions and yeah and yeah like def- literal defensive stats like statistics yeah, so yeah, yeah, i think yeah, yeah. it was a tactical decision that paid off yeah and i think we should come back to kind of player management and stuff in in news and views because that's something i want to talk about especially with Saka. Um, yeah, that but, yeah. me off last night. But so Ceballos uh, came in for party. I thought Ceballos did really well. I think he, he's always <laughs> he's always a little bit of a headless chicken. Like I think a lot of stuff that he does doesn't quite come off. And then when it does, it looks really pretty. And you go, oh my God, Ceballos. But he's, he's a bit of a flashy... I've, like, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a player be so up and down from game to game. He's like a two in 10 or a three in 10, as in like he'll try things every time and it will come out two to three times out of 10. Like 20, 30% of the time it'll work and then, and he'll not make somebody an assist Hector or it just won't come off and you're left in a situation where he's spun himself into three men and we've lost the ball. Yeah. Um, the only other thing not- notably from the, the lineup really is, is Erdegaard. Um, no Pepe. Um, but I thought, you know. Again, a bit frustrating because I think yeah. he's been playing well, but I... I... And defensively, Pepe's quite good, so I wasn't... Mm. It didn't make a lot of sense for me, especially because we'd be playing him on the left. Because I think the one argument that you could make, right, is that obviously you got sent off against this team in the last fixture and you don't want somebody like Alioski targeting him again and trying to get him riled up um, and trying to put him off his game. But he'd be on the opposite side of the pitch. So it, it for, for me, that's the... You, you can make a kind of... And I think, to be fair, Smith Rowe proved why he should have probably started over Pepe because he, you know, put in a brilliant performance, you know, to talk about, we'll come on to this man later. But for example, the drop off between William and Smith Rowe was just 
unbelievable. Smith Rowe lost possession five times in 62 minutes. William lost possession five times out of his first 10 touches. Like, <laughs> Jesus. The, the, the technical quality that he has and the football brain that he has allows him to kind of I wouldn't I don't I don't know how he'd be on the right but having him on that left channel and I, I texted this to you and, and you said well this is Willie this is Aubameyang on the left but like this is why I, I like Aubameyang through the middle with three supportive players yeah. behind him yeah because I, I don't think he needs to change his movement I just think it's about how we support him as as a centre forward and playing somebody like Lacazette who would then force our attacking midfielder to go out left and Lacazette dropping into that 10 kind of space to kind of allow Aubameyang to drift in and do what he does. I just don't think works as well as having those three interchangeable supportive players behind Aubameyang. I think it's three, you know, a a low touch. I think the Vardy comparison with Aubameyang, Aubameyang is our Vardy or he has to become our Vardy if we want to use him long term. Um, And, you know, Arteta said in his post-match something like, you know, I, I had a feeling to, to play him as a nine this week. And it works. You know, Aubameyang, I think he's a bit hit and miss as a nine. Um, he was dropping deep quite quite effectively at times, linking up play. Um, but those three kind of effective, high-touch technical players in behind him, creating those, those triangles, creating those combinations, creating those, um, you know, Smith Rowe for the, you know, whether it was a cross or a shot, who knows, but Smith Rowe for the third one, I think it was, you know, that, that sort of stuff. And, you know, the interplay between Saka and Erdogan creates the second, that sort of stuff is great. And then in terms of the build-up and the structure for, for Aubameyang's position, I think for, for me, Lacazette is better in terms of dropping and just linking up play purely just physically and kind of te- like technically wise, he's got a bit, bit better, um, got a bit kind of bit better stronger. first touch yeah stronger hold up play better, better first touch but as you say like a Bamiyang if we can get him in that position get he's him lethal. Firing, he's absolutely lethal and he can still pick up those positions on that left hand side I mean the, that first goal I mean that's come to it it's it's classic Bamiyang like it's absolutely classic Bamiyang oh yeah um, we've seen him do that so many times yeah and, and we'd 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 started off really well like I thought there was some like really nice one touch stuff um I thought they were doing really well to force us wide for a while. Um, I think they knew like our weakness on the overloads with with Cedric and 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 Bellerin is probably not our uh, not our strongest point. I think Bellerin again. This I think this to, to talk about the fullbacks. I think this game is another case and point of it, it again. Just seems baffling as to why we haven't brought in left back cover because if say for example we didn't bring in left back cover but we went okay Kieran is going to be available for for this game and going forward he will be like fully fit and available going forward but it's still hit and miss as to whether he's even available for Benfica it 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 genuinely like made no it doesn't make sense because Cedric for example is a perfectly serviceable second option right back and with unfortunately our deficiencies with Hector at right back, could should probably be our starting right back going forward. And having to shift him out to the left, just and I, I think a, a moment that kind of encapsulates my frustrations with Hector is Saka does some brilliant work and gets surrounded by two or three Leeds players, and they're they're having to double it if not triple up on him sometimes. And we lose the ball because Hector is not there in support to for, for Saka to release the ball off to. And while he may pick up a great 
position and the touch is poor like he gets it under his feet and drags it out it's 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 very lucky that it's gone where it's gone and you know Meslier should do better at his near post with you know Hector scoring great for him but it is just so so frustrating because there are just so many moments that you're just like if I can see this and I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a trained coach. I ain't got, I ain't got UEFA coaching badges. I've, I've what? never, I've never played professional football. I, I, mate, I'm just a football manager, Donny. I'm just a football manager, Donny, <laughs> and that's it. If I can, see two this, white guys with opinions, <laughs> exactly. And if we can see this, yeah, yeah. Why hasn't, why didn't anyone else in that technical kind of area above Arteta go? Let's bring in some left back cover so that. If KT goes down, we can have it. And having no natural left footer, like like last night, the only natural left footer in kind of the build-up play going forward on the left-hand side was Granit Xhaka. And that hurts us so much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And we saw it, you know, Cedric went through uh, sort of fairly early doors and we were only getting, as I say... Just poor touch. Yeah, poor touch and it went out. And there was a graphic that came out that was like, you know, with and without Kieran Tierney or whatever. I, I, I do hear you, man. Like not having that left footer just slows us down i think because we were being forced wide we saw a lot of 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 both of them in the, in the kind of early stages um but yeah listen you know i think it's something we need to look at long term against a different team it might hurt us um but they were kind of overloading the middle and we had to we had to use them but eventually it works you know we had granite jacker granite jacker played a, a nice little ball into bamiyang classic bamiyang also i love the the dr dre oh dun, mate dun, yeah pretty so that, was that the song? I, I don't know if that was the song, but I love having Dre on. I can't remember. Okay, I just did the whitest thing ever. Um, yeah, it was a yeah, it, it was a great you know great finish. Obviously, he went kind of well, I say classic about Miang, slightly unclassic in that he played it to the near post, but um, he get a great finish all the same. And I think what that did is kind of just open up those spaces. I think you know it meant Leeds had to come out a little bit more. Um, you know, we were blocking off their passing lanes really well. But they had to just step up that five, ten yards further just to try and get something going. And I think what I did is that just opened up the spaces. Um, there was a lot of space, uh, especially once the first one went in. And I just felt the need. I felt like the the urge for a party, even a Gwen Doozy, just a ball carrier in that middle. Someone who, you know, I know Sabahs can do it a little bit, but I never quite trust it. Um like like weirdly, I thought Gwen Doozy would would do really well in that game. Yeah, no. The like, thing is, is uh, some of what Sabios does does just kind of remind me of that headless chicken Gwen Doozy. Yeah, it just I think in a, in a, in a game where we want one. I really want I really want Gwen Doozy to succeed at this club because I think it'd be unreal. He could be. I think he he could be abs if he's gone away to Germany and just learned a bit more positional discipline. And maybe kind of, because at the end of the day, he's like 20, 21. Like, yeah. people do stupid shit when they're at that age. They get drunk and they stand on tables, like when they shouldn't. And that's fine. We've all filmed our mates, you know, with their... (laughs) (laughs) But like, if if we brought him back, gave him a new contract and got him into this team, like, he really could step up another level. And then if we had, say... If, and then say we buy somebody like Basuma in the summer and you have, for those two, for that double pivot, you've got Gwendozi, Party, and Basuma. You're just going, that's three phenomenal choices. 
for sure and 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 but this is the thing it's it's not about necessarily having one player who plays every single game and that is your that is your way of playing but in a game oh, of course, but in a of one, course. when you're 1-0 up against Leeds when they're having to step out they're creating space in behind they create they're not they're not overloading the midfield as much because they need to match mm-hmm. us up because they can see what we're doing i just saw those spaces opening up in the middle and i thought when doozy you know riding a challenge Driving. into that space yeah. and you think you know what 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 could what could be from that but anyway it was a great goal from um, Aubameyang. And then the second came fairly swiftly after. Um, well, there was the, the penalty incident first. Uh, great interplay on the, uh, was it the right-hand side from Erdegaard and Saka. Um, Saka's unbelievable acceleration. I think the Vardy the Vardy comparison, I think saw, saw someone comparing, you know, who's Madison, who's, who's, uh, who's Harvey Barnes in our kind of thing. And I think Saka, like... The acceleration that that guy has. I'm sorry, but Saka is Saka. Like, yeah, yeah. he is one of, he's currently just like, I think that in, in a very, I think him and Phil Foden have very similar ceilings. But they're very different players. And they're very, but yeah, they're very different players. And I think there's a lot of disrespect going towards Saka at the moment because of the club that he plays for. Look, we are in, we're, we're not, we're, I mean, we're in dire straits when you consider the the kind of, fucking gargantuan nature of Arsenal Football Club. We've won this league unbeaten before. So he is getting a hell of a lot of disrespect for how good he is. You know, he's got, um, since I think it was the 16th of December, he put out a tweet saying Arsenal fans deserve better. And he's had nine and goal, nine goal involvements in 10 maybe appearances since then. Like he's the highest scoring teenager in the league. And I saw I saw, um, I saw this fucking stupid tweet where somebody put up a picture of Mason Greenwood going, oh, you know, they're not even allowing him to shoot. Yes, mate, that's called defending. But the, <laughs> the difference is, right, the difference is, like, you can't defend Bukayo Saka. Like, pe- like, defending Bukayo Saka for a lot of teams now has become kicking him out of a game. And that is testament to how good he is. It happened with Grealish for a while. Like I remember Grealish that uh, sort of first season in the Prem, early doors. Yeah, and it happens with Zaha. Zaha hasn't quite broken through that that ceiling, but also it happened with Zaha when he was you know twenty five. This is happening with Bukayo Saka when he's nineteen. You know, people are people are working him out that he is a unbelievable close close touch. Every touch has some has thought behind it. Every touch has vision and creativity and some kind of unbelievable kind of bird's eye view of the pitch that this guy seems to have his acceleration his burst of pace is absolutely lethal i think we're going to get a lot of uh, penalties off off saka and speaking of which i thought it was a penalty um i don't i really don't Look, want to, i really don't want to get into a referee conversation no but let's but put it a, this the way thing is, anyone here's, else here's, <laughs> that's a penalty yeah but here's my here's my thing on it in a perfect world i don't think that's a penalty because it's a little bit of contact and you you want the game like it's a contact sport. You want a bit more clear cut contact to give somebody what is the clearest opportunity to score a goal and change a game. Right? In a perfect world, I don't think I think that it's a, in a okay. In a perfect world, it's a contentious penalty. Right? It's one that you're umming and ahhing about. But in this world where we're seeing penalties and red cards given to David Luiz for accidental contact, where somebody who's running has kicked his knee and fallen over, 
that's a penalty. Uh, uh, for, for me... It, it, it's it's Stonewall. He's put more contact. He has leveraged his body weight on top of Bukayo Saka to make yeah. Saka topple. Like, from... Like for me, yeah, I know cut. what you mean. Like it, it should be contentious, but like on review, like I, I actually when I first saw it, I went ooh soft. But you watch Cooper; he comes in, his eyes not on the ball, his body weight is shifting towards Saka, and his and he, his body pushes Saka over. So it's not it's not you know the challenge that get you know Saka gets you know rides and and falls over or whatever. Like yeah, anyway, I, to be honest, it did, whatever. We won a penalty a few minutes later, so it was sort of fine. Um, it felt like a bit. Of, a bit of karma and that penalty as well you know M- Meslier denies a goal scoring opportunity clear cut Bakayo Saka's gone ra- like taking it off him and is going round it to be honest mate like, and he and he kicks Bakayo Saka down and the f- it, like okay maybe not a red because it's a goalkeeper sending off a goalkeeper massively changes a game but get a yellow out like come yeah, on listen let's at least try listen, to be good at our jobs here I folks don't, I don't you know David, David Luiz at Wolves need I say more that's that's all it is Let's carry on. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Melier, I think that had been coming. There was a moment just before where Aubameyang had pressured him and he played it out of um out, out of play. Um, out yeah. of play. I think Melier. Could- I think he's a good player though. Like such a good prospect. And I, I texted you before the game, and it was a bit of a you know he chucked in an absolute disaster class after I said this. You know, gave away a penalty and kept putting the ball out of play. But he's somebody that I wouldn't mind if Arsenal could poaching. And having him as a second option and having him then take over for Leno, because I think he's got massive potential to be that kind of distribution-based keeper. Yeah, feels like a bit of a modern-day De Gea, like his, his frame yeah. and his, his, kind of, his kind of presence. Um, yeah, it had been coming. Play some smart balls as well. There was, there was a couple of times he, he lofted some balls to their left-hand side, and I was like, that's a, that's a good bit of distribution from somebody who's like 20-21, like it's pinpoint yeah. stuff. You see, like the benefit of a, having a keeper who can do that in Edison, like that goal for that goal oh, for yeah. Oh my god! Like you just see, you know, that's that's an extra six points per year plus plus you know the the, the ones he's saving you at the other end. So you just you, you see the benefit yeah. of having a world class keeper. It's it's unreal. But I, on this kind of goalkeeper chat, I saw somebody again. I'm just going back to what I've seen on fucking Twitter, but I saw somebody tweet. Um, uh, you know, we sold the wrong goalkeeper in inverted commas and then say something like, get over it, it was five months ago. Absolutely not. The whole point of this, right, is you're meant to hold people accountable for their mistakes. If you want to chat that Arteta's a bad manager because he's lost 10 games in a Premier League season, you also have to say, well, selling Emmy is a bad decision, just like any of the, like, you can't pick and choose what you decide are bad decisions. I've said it on this podcast a lot before. It was a horrendous decision for the amount of money that we got for him whatever the caveats around it are but like you have to hold like the board and the club yeah. accountable for the mistakes that they make it's just stupid to say well it was five months get yeah. over it well okay it's been 10 years since we've won the league or like 14 years or six or however fucking long like 2004 so like 16 today, 17 years <laughs> now fucking am mate it's been years since we've won the league oh but you know what it's been 17 years get yeah. over it well, it's it's the fucking world of tangents this morning, isn't yeah, it? We love I'm it. living my we love best it. life here. The, the tangent podcast. You, you, what would be great, Brad, is if you just started. You could start your own like pod doing like a ta- like the Bradley Adams tangent podcast, which then doesn't. Can, you halfway through one episode, you go so far off a tangent, it starts another podcast. Yeah, like a completely different, and just keep going. Yeah, mate. You create some kind of like stream of you know, new podcast every every couple of hours, just. Oh. <laughs> Go so far off. 
end up talking about like wind chimes or something. Um, great penalty from Abamyang. Um, who Abamyang sends him the wrong way. Yeah, great stuff. Um, yeah, and it's just great to see him back. Um, firing. It's his first ever Premier League hat trick for Arsenal. Um, but yeah, Mm -hmm. tenth in his career. Fantastic, and you know. Long, long may it continue. And then the third goal came just before the halftime break. Um, Hector Bellerin, you know, obviously we've backed him many, many times in this podcast. Um, we've said what a brilliant right back we think he is. Um, I, I will take all credit for um, Hector Bellerin's uh, goal. Um, I think, you know, saw it coming. I think I predicted it two weeks ago, sorry, that Bellerin was due a goal. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> No, uh, it was it was good. It was great build up and a great little ball through from Ceballos and fair play to Bellerin. He has a lot of um, deficiencies, shall we say? Um, but uh, it was a great finish. Look, just because, like, I think it's important to say, like, your our criticisms are still valid because he scored. Like, no, they're not, Brad. Like, no, like, no. It wasn't. The thing is, is he wasn't particularly good. All football right is his goals, the right time. That's like, all it is. Goals just happen. Oh. Goals just appear. They don't come out of a build-up or anything. Goals just appear. And if you've scored a goal, if you win the match, that means you've played well and that's it. Score goal, win match. Good time. Good time. <laughs> it, all jokes aside, I don't want to get into a meta conversation. It is funny how much like people li- like if Flip you win a match around a goal yeah if you win if you win a match or score a goal the the, the narrative switches us unbelievably quick um so we came out second half um again that third goal uh no was it the third the fourth goal now um was all Saka's industry again just 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 absolutely he's unreal in he? he's absolutely unreal just won't, the guy won't give up unbelievable it's a great oh. pick out smith row um i believe emil smith row let me just find this uh, emil smith row has uh four premier league assists which is more than hamas rodriguez or hakim ziech which i quite enjoy um and kai havertz and kai havertz obviously and christian and, pulisic oh, and christian pulisic yep. <laughs> do you know that edison has now equaled christian pulisic's record you love things you love to see and you love to see what is it davinson sanchez on the floor great stuff oh um, mate yes, gundigan oh. <laughs> it's a great pick out over like he's been smacked by fucking tony bellew for christ's sake he's absolutely <laughs> ko'd it's fucking brilliant <laughs> Um, it's a great pick out Smith Rowe I'm not sure he meant it but listen it, it counts we scored who cares uh, it's annoying it wasn't a perfect uh, perfect hat-trick for, for Aubameyang but listen great header um, and then another great header from Leeds um, it's strange what was his name Stroik Strauk um, and uh, yeah the, the sort of yeah you know he. I think, he, I think Saka was marking him I don't think he normally plays, so maybe I don't know. So we should have sorted it out because, to be honest, Saka shouldn't have been marking we, him. We've seen we've conceded a few. We've conceded a few now, like corner goals and such, and it's just it's from strange bit... man marking. I remember Yerry Mina was being marked yeah. by someone by Hector Bellerin. Yeah, I wonder sometimes whether we're or like Lacazette or something. Yeah, it, that needs sorting out before it becomes a real issue. Feels more organizational based than anything really, because like. Yeah, you just need to get the right people on the right men. Like, why is five foot ten Hector Bellerin on seven foot nine Yerry Mina? Like, other things quite changes every episode. (laughs) It's every it's every episode. It's going up eight foot twelve, nine foot two, nineteen foot sixty four. 
yeah, no, it was it was it was a good it was a good header, and then things started to feel a little bit shaky. Only Arsenal Football Club, only Arsenal Football Club, could make me feel scared at four one. <laughs> I think we know why though. Go on. We brought on, was it a certain man? We brought on he who shall not be named. There lived a certain man every, in Arsenal like, long ago. Yeah, like it just it again like. This is this is the thing that lost Arteta a lot of favour during our poor run of form was his constant decision to play this man in the starting lineup or pick him off the bench when you had players like Smith Rowe, Saka, um, Martinelli, and in this game, what was needed was a Martinelli to match the running to still be a threat and a presence. And look, we already have one player on the pitch in Hector Bellerin that players just don't want to pass to sometimes. You're seeing it, like I'm seeing it happen. Like you've got players who are choosing the difficult option just so they don't. And then once you add another one of those into the mix, it just, it really, really hurts us having him on the pitch. And I don't know if it's something to do with his contract. I don't know if he has like an unused substitutes fee that means that we just have to bring him on in every game that we put him on the bench for. But just don't put him on the bench. How is Reese Nelson not getting on the bench, but three centre backs and William is? Like, it's, it's, this is the thing that lost Arteta a lot of favour. And if things turn sour again, it will again be the thing that loses him a lot of favour. It is time to cut ties and run. Just stop being so proud. Understand that you made a mistake. It's fine. Just stop playing him. Because Leeds found a way back into the game and then put us under the cosh for the last 20 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't good for my blood pressure, has to be honest. Has to be honest. Has to be honest. I have to be honest. Has to be honest. The, yeah. I think the, the substitutions were strange anyway. Like, let's be clear. Like, we brought on. I think this is the time to probably talk about the squad management as well. Well, let's right. let's leave that to to to, to news and views. To news and views, because I, I kind of want to do a bit of a wider news. conversation around that. That was really flat. You better cut that out of mine. No, that was really flat. Um, <laughs> news and views. News and views. So we brought on Willian Elneny and Holding when <laughs> when we had Pepe and. Chambers and Mario. Well, I think the point being, like Martinelli in a game against Leeds, who is kind of his superpower is pressing, running, <laughs> feels kind of a done deal. Like I almost, I almost thought, well, you know, Martinelli will get some game time here. Um, bringing Willian on first for Smith Rowe as well. Like, and we'll talk about Saka later. Why not bring off Saka? Like the. I think the the latter two substitutions were almost informed because of the first one. Yeah, maybe. I think it's 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 a completely different landscape of game if we don't bring on Willian because you see the drop off. It was it was almost instant that as soon as Willian came off the pitch, we we went under it, and then Arteta's had to go. Okay, well. This has happened. How do I now shore it up so we don't concede another two? I'm going to bring on another centre-back and I'm going to bring on a defensive midfielder. And you, ju- I just go, if we bring on Martinelli on that left-hand side and then Pepe on that right, I wanted 
um, Saka and ESR off at halftime. Genuinely. We were 3-0 up. There was no need to keep playing them. Bring on two explosive players in Pepe and Martinelli who are going to run, who are going to do a decent amount of defensive work and who are definitely still dangerous enough to create opportunities. Even if we don't score that fourth, I don't think we can see two. And I, again, I tweeted last night and I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to find negativities within, you know, because... 4-2 does flatter leads because we battered them for 65 minutes. It is really problematic that we keep bringing Willian on because in a game that we took our opportunities, say we don't take two of those opportunities and it's 2-0 and it comes to 2-2. That's a a big, big issue. You know, we're not always going to take all four of the or five of the opportunities that we get. There are going to be games where we underperform our expected goals and we only score one or two. And if we keep having that drop off and keep giving this man an opportunity to drop zero out of tens, it's going to bite us in the arse. And prospects like Nelson, and I'm not big up on who else is kind of in the under 23s at the moment. I don't know if there are any other winger prospects. will leave the club. They'll go somewhere else because... What's that going to do to your mentality if you're seeing 94-year-old William come on every single game, do absolutely nothing but hurt the team and yet still get picked over you? Yeah, it's it's a really, really strange one. I, I, I can't, I couldn't, sometimes I can see the kind of tactical side of things, but when you're in a game that requires energy, you know, and, and it's, a, it's a game that by Arteta's own admission is like, you know, this is like going to the dentist, like you need to be 100% there. And you have a guy who comes on who doesn't run, doesn't contribute, doesn't progress the ball, doesn't, you know, like... <sighs> I'm finding it hard because also I'm aware that like Willian's turned off his Instagram comments because of all the abuse. It's a really... F- I know, but it's the difference between criticism and, and critique and abuse. No, no, no. Like, I, I, you're allowed to criticise someone. It's the same with like Mike Dean or Craig Pawson. Feel free to criticise someone on Twitter. But if you send them abuse or threaten their family or anything like that, you're a grade A cunt. Yeah. I, I, like, just yeah, don't do it. Yeah. Just don't do it. Criticise people. Be, be, and I think like I hate to generalise or marginalise, but it comes from a lack of intelligence within the majority of the football community. Because they jump straight to just going, oh, you're a dickhead, mate. I hope your family gets cancer. Like, it's just not on. Like, why? Just just think about what you're doing. These are normal human beings doing a job. At the end of the day, right, if a welder at a factory fucked up his job, no one's going to be sending him death threats. He might lose his job, by all means. But still, like, the, these people have the right to to their own lives and to not be threatened on social media. Yeah, I disagree. No, obviously, yeah. Um, I just, I'm, I suppose I'm slightly wary just because, you know, we've criticised Willian enough. It gets to the point where sometimes I go... When does the, like, what's the point of criticising? Yeah, because it's like, well, we've said everything that needs to be said. Willian's bad at football at the moment and he hasn't always been that way. It's been, you know, it was, I think it wasn't, I think in terms of the signing, I think it made a lot of sense. I no just, one thought it was going to be as bad as it was. So this no is the one. thing. So so anyone going, see, I told it. It's like, no, like it was a decent freeze transfer. It's But the way he's being used baffles me. 
really really baffles me because because then it, the problem is it is it creates a culture of well if as you say you know what's nelson thinking what's what's someone like pablo mari chambers thinking coming back from injury who need those minutes you know mm. you must be going well, yeah it, and this is the same as the mentality merchants that you want to get out of the club yeah you want to create a certain type of mentality uh within kind of the 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 roster or whatever of players that if you work hard and you do well you will get an opportunity now we don't know if reese nelson is working hard or doing well but if you're reese nelson is this going to make you work hard or do well certainly won't with me certainly won't with me um about hit the post i can't say his name today abame yang hit the post or oh, i hate it when people call him uber People call him Uber. That's a car company. Um, the uh, <laughs> Brass is shaking his head. Uh, Saka had a chance to hit the post. Um, Cedric was taking shots. I mean, we were peppering them. Um, it, it became a bit of a kind of, not a free-for-all end-to-end, but as, the, as as these kind of games, which start out Uber, Uber kind of, Uber, ah, uh, start out Alba chess-wise, um, they tend to kind of become a bit more open, a bit more... Um, less rigid and less structured. I thought Gabriel was dealing with Bamford really well. Uh, there was a number of times where Bamford was down uh, so that sort of right-hand channel and Gabriel just absolutely was taking no nonsense. Bamford hated it. I loved it. Because that's normally the sort of thing we see Arsenal players getting just shut down by central defenders. Uh, so I loved to see that from Gabriel. To be honest, I thought we saw the game out well. Um, game management-wise, it wasn't the worst I've ever seen, in fairness. Like, you know... It, it, at four two, when Costa scores that goal, um, he sort of does Willian for uh, does um, Bellerin for the second. You're sort of going, oh god, because the only team in Premier League history who have ever thrown away a four nil is Arsenal. So you're kind of going, oh for god's sake. But I thought, you know, overall we saw the game out well. We controlled it well. Um, I thought El Nenny actually did quite well, just just cleaning things up a little bit. But um, yeah, uh, can I ask for your one up, one down? Um, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, one up. Ooh. Oh, oh, I'll go with the. I'll go with the one down first, so I can okay. end on a, end on a positive. Okay. Um, one down is again. I think for me, and we've discussed it already, so I'm not going to go into detail. But the decision not to bring in a left-footed left back. Um, I think the longer that we we kind of go forward and the more games we see Cedric on that left-hand side, the more obvious it becomes how much of a mistake it was, um, especially seeing as, you know, you've got Ryan Bertram with six months left on his contract, Jordan Amali, who plays for Marseille with six months left on his contract. Lots and lots of people with not a lot of time left on their deals. Uh, And my one up uh, as kind of the big positive, I think, is Odegaard. I think he has looked bright in the few kind of substitute appearances that he's he's had so far. But to have to be able to kind of see him start and I thought he performed really, really well. You know, he's got a great first touch. He's such a very good technically. And I think if we can keep him in the summer, it would be a massive coup for us. For sure. For sure. Um, I would go with my one down. My down is probably David Luiz's performance. Um Fair enough. I think he gave the ball away 21 times. He wasn't terrible, but I think with rumours circulating about a new deal, um, 
it just slightly... No, 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 no. Yeah. Please. <laughs> from the in- Lord above, no. From the independent. That would, that would, again, just be the fucking worst decision we could make. Yeah. Um, it just feels to me a little bit dread from it, run from it. He's inevitable. Um, I just, I don't want to see him in an Arsenal kit next season. You know, I... Oh, my God. Okay. Someone's shouting. I just don't want to see him in an Arsenal kit next season. Like, I, I quite like the guy. I think he's fine. I just, as we kind of spoke about on the last uh, last episode, which was a Talking Points episode, we did a whole thing about David Luiz. He just, he isn't what we need. And, you know, the sooner he moves on, the sooner the club culture can go. So, yeah, that's my that's my down. And my up will be, will be Arteta. I think he's set up really, really well. Um, he did well to nullify Leeds did well to nullify Leeds press. Um, he did well to shut down the passing lane, set us up really well. We looked good in all phases, attacking defense, you know, controlling the game, chasing the game, all those sorts of things. Uh, did well to set up with the Bamiyang as the nine and work out a way we can get those three technical players in behind. Um, against a man in Marcelo Bielsa, who has managed for what, 30 years and considering he's just over a year into management. Any a, a win is a win, you know, and 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 we were yeah. we were four nil up. We could have been five six nil up, and and we looked a lot better than them. Um, so yeah, my up will be Mikel. No surprises there that I've picked out Mikel. <laughs> well done, Mikel. <laughs> Congratulations, mate. Well done. I bet he really cares. I bet he's guys. He's. I bet uh, he, he listens to this. Then he's it? gone down. For, he he's gone down for breakfast. Oh my god, I'm so happy. I what the. Different old podcast. They sit. That's not how he speaks. Um, anything else on the game, Brad? Oh my god! I, I, my partner, uh, my housemate's girlfriend is an opera singer, which is like a plot from a Carry On movie, but it's legit. She's singing. <laughs> anything else on the game, Brad? Uh, no, nothing from me, my friend. We'll see you after this. News and views. <laughs> Welcome. Back to news and views, where we give you all the news and all your views, views. but mostly ours. Yeah, ours. Oh, I fucked it. Sorry, mate. Fucked it. Fucked That's it. why you you've got the catchphrases. I I've also got bollocks. It. I've got it written down in fairness. So. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with me, kid. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I, I wanted to discuss, as we mentioned, uh, player management. Hmm. So Bukayo Saka... Um, another 90 minutes in the legs. Another 90 minutes in the legs is what you just said. I don't need to repeat that. I do that all the time. Have you noticed that on the podcast? You say something, I just say the same thing. I think it's because I'm trying to like mirror your language to be like, I agree. Yeah, yeah. But I just say what you said. <laughs> I really, I, I'm editing and it really annoys me. I do it all the time. <laughs> just, he just said that. Sharp, Alex. Um, yeah, I mean, you go. Like, what, what, where, are you, where are you at on it? Um... I think first off, it's important to to kind of state the reason that he's ended up with another night. Like, look, he Arteta fucked the first substitution. It's fine. Mistakes happen. But because of that, it's then had a knock-on effect where we've had to shore up the defence by bringing on another centre-back and then shore up the centre of the park by bringing on a defensive midfielder. And that has led to, you know, who, you know Saka's our best player he just categorically is our best player at 19 years old and another 90 minutes 
in his legs is just, it is quite funny. It is a quite funny. Is our best you know, player. a teenager is our best player. Um, but I know that you just risk serious injury or burnout, and the smart decision would have been, you know, we were three 0 up at half time for Christ's sake, and yes, they're going to do what they're going to do. Leads, they're going to keep trying to come at you. But we should have made more smart, pragmatic decisions to get both ESR and who and Saka, who have been our kind of most promising players who have gotten us back into kind of a run of form off the pitch so that, say, even I wouldn't play them against Benfica. So if you get them off at 45 minutes or even at 55 minutes, they're not playing another 90 minutes and they've got a whole break against Benfica. Then for the, is it City we've got next in the league? Yeah. And then for City, they were at least well rested. And I, th- I think City's a throwaway game anyway. They're storming away with the league. They're the best team in the league this season. They're absolutely dominating people. Realistically, we're going to lose. Like, it's fine. But I'd rather I'd rather lose and not <laughs> risk injury to one of our best <laughs> no, players. Yeah, I mean. Because coming up after that, we've got a run of seven games that the one tricky one, or the two tricky ones I'm seeing are kind of like maybe Leicester. I think we're playing Leicester and they're a bit tricky at the moment. Yeah, we're Leicester and then, away. Yeah, I think we've got United again and, it, you know, they've just drawn with West Brom and you don't want to risk having the player that's literally thrust us into this good run of form be out for the next six to eight weeks because he tears a hamstring or something because we're just throwing him in at the deep end and just expecting him to be able to do 90 minutes after 90 minutes after 90 minutes. And I think if anything proves this, it's the absence of KT. We played him for so many games for so long that he was going to get an injury at some point. There was just going to be a moment where something happened. He has a muscle issue. He goes down and then is out. And we've seen the massive drop off of that. And now look, I think Saka is way more important to this team than KT is. If we lost him for a like for an eight week period, we're up Shit's Creek without a paddle. I love that phrase. <laughs> Such a good phrase. Um, yeah, man. I'm just looking at uh, Saka's stats. He's played 90 minutes. Well, he played 90 minutes in the last three games. He had hip problems against United. 90 minutes, and then he's played every single game, at least 70 minutes, but mostly 90 minutes since. He came off at 33 minutes uh, in November against Leeds. It's a lot of football for a 19-year-old. And, you know, I'm sure he loves it. And this is the thing. This is something I was saying last last episode about, like, the players. I don't blame Bakaya for this. My my feelings were more for, you know, established professionals like Party and Tierney who are like, at some point, it's like, guys, you have to be like, I can't play. Ultimately, Bakayo Saka's going, yeah, I'll play. I'll play centre mid. I'll play left back. I'll play right wing. I'll play wherever. I just want to play football. But at some point, those minutes are going to catch up with him. And we're going to be sat here with a Saka ACL. We're going to be sat here. And I I don't want to jinx it or curse it or say anything. You know, it may well be, look, you know, I'm not comparing them. I am a little bit. Lionel Messi, you know, he had a, he had a burst onto the scene and then he had a big injury, and then he's kind of played most most minutes since. The same could happen to Saka. Like you know, he's burst onto the scene, and I just I, it's it, this sounds like I'm kind of jinxing it or triggering it or something. I'm kind of tensed for it. I'm kind of waiting for like that moment where Saka goes down, and we think, yeah. oh dear. 
and it's an Achilles or an ACL. And the issue is, is we don't want what happened to Bellerin to happen to Saka. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he's not, he's, you know, if you look at the Europa League, for example, he played two games in the, in the group stage. He, you know, he, he, he didn't play much to be honest. I say he came off at 33 minutes for Leeds. I'm trying to show he came, he came on for 33 minutes. Um, yeah, like he, he, you know, he, he was on the bench for three games out of six. He wasn't in the squad for one of them. Like he didn't play 90 minutes in any of them. And we, you know, we're managing him in the Europe. It's not like we're, he's not played every game, but it does concern me that it feels like, you know, he, we're not even protecting him in these kind of games. We're not bringing him off at say, you know, even 70 minutes or just being aware of it. And listen, we don't see him every day in training. Maybe he's absolutely fine. Maybe he's just one of those players that can run and run and run. He's, you know, I'm trying to think of a Duracell. He's a Sakari, not funny. Um, It's not funny, Brad. Don't even smile. Um, (laughs) But I just, yeah, it it does concern me. And, you know, we're being careful with Smith-Rowe. I think Smith-Rowe gets substituted quite a lot. Doesn't, you know, he's he's started most games, but he doesn't doesn't finish most of them. It's just a concern. And and I think you're right with Tierney. And again, there's a, there's a whole squad, boring squad conversation around it. The problem is, you know, for example, he was out of the game against Crystal Palace. He played the whole 90 against Newcastle, you know, the week after or, you know, four days after. It just, it feels as though we're rushing players back a little bit. And yeah. And here's the thing. Tierney is a different issue because we don't have a left-sided left-footed left left-footed left-back, sorry. Like we, so you can... It's almost like understandable to get that they go, okay, well, if he's fit, we're going to play him. Saka is completely unavoidable, uh, is completely avoidable. Like we've got on the, on the bench tonight, we have Martinelli and Pepe. We could have brought either of those on for Saka. Either. Yeah. And yeah, it feels really avoidable. It's so avoidable. Or, or like, if we're going to, if we have to bring on Willian, take him off for Saka. He's a right winger. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd prefer... Honestly, I, I agree with you. I would prefer to... If we're bringing on Willian, don't take off ESR. Because although the drop-off from ESR... Uh, although, the, like, he's still a quality player. Like, got an assist last night. Creates good opportunities. It would be more of a drop-off team-wise to lose Saka than to lose Smith-Rowe. Uh, especially seeing as we've now got Odegaard. Because last night, you could have just not played Smith-Rowe. You could have played Pepe on the left. It would have been better to bring off Saka for Willian than it would have to the, the, what actually happened. But, you know, obviously, I think hopefully it is a, it's it's endemic of a squad building issue and not and almost a naivety thing of not trusting a lot of your bench players. But then, you know, you trust Willian. So what are you doing, mate? Um you can't really have this discussion properly without talking about the squad building. Like it, it, it feels it feels very much like a you know, if you're Arteta, of course he of has course, but someone like, like someone like someone like Edu has to step in and go, hey, you know, we need this asset long term. You know, I, you're playing him a lot because ultimately the head the, the head coach's responsibility is to win the next match, right? I understand that Arteta is is now a manager. But he is dealing with those players. He wants to win the next match. Arteta's job and Arteta's future hangs in the balance on the next five, ten games, right? And in the next five, ten games, you want Bakai Saka in all of them because he's of one of our best, if not our best player. So I get that. The thing is, is like, 
someone like Edu needs to come in, someone like Richard Garlick needs to come in and go, hey, we've seen this happen before. This isn't this isn't good news. Just give him one one off or whatever. The thing is, though, it, it again, it, it annoys me about Arteta because if you want to win the next games, you're 3-0 up at half time. Like, the game is in the bag, realistically. Like, the game is won. If you're 3-0 up at half time and you draw or lose, that's a shambles. So, you sh- we should have taken Bakayo Saka off at half time. There was no need for him to play the second half. Yeah. And he's played FA Cup. He's played. He played third and fourth round of the EFL Cup. He's played. He has played in the Europa League. It's not as if we're. He's just our Premier, a Premier League player who we're going. Okay, well, it's fine if he just plays Premier League minutes. You know, he, okay, he didn't play for the quarterfinals against Man City in the EFL Cup, but it just, yeah, it, it's slightly concerning. I think also just the idea that he might be being rushed into it or pushed into it concerns me, considering the treatment of Party and T and E. Yeah, I just, yeah, it's it's it, it is slightly concerning, but um. I mean, we shall see. I mean, I hope we haven't jinxed it, but <sighs> yeah, I just, I'm, I'm just thinking back to you know the Fabregas's, the Wilshers, the you know those those things where we've had a player of his talent and we've just burnt them out. Um, and it's not fair on them. It's not fair on. I don't know. I think it's. I think that's why Sanchez has burnt out. You know, I, I was reading something that he used to go on like eight mile runs on his day off. He's so weird. And stuff like that. But and that's just and weird. You no, know, but you just go, I know that's just weird, but you go like, fair enough. You're a professional athlete. You're no, fit but that's to weird. Do that. Don't do but that. <laughs> in his 30, no, of course, but in his 30s now, and when he was like 29 turning 30, like he's had a massive drop off to his output and quality in his career. And that could be because he's burnt his legs out and he now does not have... Like, there's a reason that players don't play until they're fucking 55, and that's because their bodies can't take it anymore, and there is a drop-off. So don't age your body too yeah. quickly. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I mean, with Sanchez, like, that, that, <laughs> that's just stupid. <laughs> like, you need to be resting and recovering on those days. Like, yeah, don't be a dickhead. And I, I don't think, I think Zach is a lot more um, smart than that. And I, I actually don't think the club... You know, a nineteen-year-old going, "Hey, I'm going to do that." The club could be like, "No, no." With 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 Sanchez, he's your best player, and if he wants to do it, he'll do it. But um, yeah, it it, it, it is a concern, and um, I'm just hoping that you know, we've got. Let's look at the fixture list. So we've got um, we've got Benfica coming up. Does this count as our home tie? The one coming up? Yeah, yeah. On the BBC Sport, we're the other way around. So it says our home tie is not this Thursday, next Thursday, but anyway. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, you're, is- you're right. The, this is our away tie because I remember seeing on Twitter, uh, even though, and this is the fucking stupid thing, even though neither yeah, side is some. at home, <laughs> so the gross. away goal rule is still in effect. Yeah. So yeah. even though in the second leg we aren't at home, if it goes to extra time, Benfica have got an extra 30 minutes to score an away goal. Okay, well, we better score on that. We might see a stronger team on Thursday then and take the right. hit on City. Just scrap the away goal rule. It's fucking well, I wonder, stupid. I wonder, it's, it I wonder, doesn't make oh, sense. Hit my mic. I wonder whether we we kind of take the hit on Thursday and, and just and kind of put a really strong team out there. And, and if we lose against City, we lose against City. Um, but, you know, we've got Benfica, we've got City, we've got Leicester. What's nice is it is a, a Thursday-Sunday thing. We've not got a Thursday-Saturday. But we do... You know, we then have our next sort of biggest break is Leicester till um, the Burnley game away, which is six days. 
So, you know, we've got a run of fixtures coming up. I, I, I Yeah, I, I just I just hope in some way we see some rotation. You know, even against City, if we're 2-0 down, just take Saka off. Like, it, 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 he, yes, he may score one goal, but it, it, we, it's City. We're like, you know. City are going to score another we, two. We got like, a, we'll, we'll set up really well, I hope. But I think, you know, let, let's try and be smart about this and, you know, manage. I think we should go for a strong squad for the first leg against Benfica, but I don't think that that should include Saka. Play Martinelli and Pepe. Like, that's strong enough for Benfica, who are in torrid form, I think, in the Liga Nos at the moment. Are they? Yeah, they're not in a good, like, Benfica. I'm just Googling it now, but I remember seeing a stat on Twitter that, yeah, okay, let's have a look at that lot. I mean, I I know absolutely nothing about Benfica. If you're looking for a Benfica preview, look away now. (laughs) I mean, they're they're currently fourth in the league. Okay. And so they're currently out of the Europa League spots and they've only won one of their last five games. Okay. Three draws, one loss, one win. So we should like, and squad wise, I don't know if they've got any particularly they got, like dangerous They've got Jan Vertonga. They've got Ever- that Everton guy. Yeah. Yeah. Everton, Jan Vertonga. Um, and they've got Julian Weigel as well. Padrino. Yeah. You know, oh, they got Tarapt. I didn't know they had adult Tarapt. Um, it, look, it's not a it's not a horrific squad, but by we any should means, be beating. We that. shouldn't be. We should be. We should really be, be beating that that side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Be really interesting to see how we line up against them because it's like the first sort of. Oh, they got Otamendi as well. The, the, the first sort of vague real test of like you know us on the road in Europe sort of thing, and it'll be really interesting to see how we set up. If it's going to be any different, if it's going to be yeah. But yeah, main point in kind of squad management. Um, conversation to kind of cap it off yeah i just i hope we're careful and i hope we see um some smart squad management i hope we don't rush party or tierney back tierney potentially might be back for the city game um well arteta said he it's it's unlikely he's more likely to get to the benfica game but it's and it's unlikely um than party but yeah he might be back for the city game i just hope we don't see tierney to be honest until he's absolutely raring to go like i just don't want to risk it it's not worth it um, at this stage of the season. Okay, there we go. There we go. Good pod. Good pod. <laughs> if we don't say so ourselves. <laughs> Brad's AirPods died halfway through, so you know. yeah. Yeah, I think um, I saw that issue. Yeah. Okay, what are you doing for the rest of the day? Uh, I don't know. Um, my uh, girlfriend is on half term now, so we've got a week to just... She at school, yeah? Probably... She's at drama school, Alex. Don't pay me out like a nonce. Don't do this. I see. I see. You're teasing me. You're naughty, naughty. I see what you're doing. Cheeky little bastard. So I've got no clue. I think we'll probably go out on a walk today. The weather seems good. Other than that, who the fuck knows? Nothing to do, is there, mate? Nothing to do. I'm actually. I'm. I'm working. I've got meetings, Brad. That's what I've got. Oh. Um, okay well listen we will see you after the Benfica game on Thursday slash maybe Friday morning Um, looking forward to it it's Mm -hmm. it's like a really interesting lineup. I genuinely like I have such little idea of what's going to (laughs) happen yeah who Um, the fuck knows mate I hope we rest some big players though we'll see we'll see Um, see. okay Bradley pleasure as always pleasure mate and we will see you thank you for listening and we'll see you after the Benfica game. Uh, Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. 
If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at DiffKnock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>